0: ESPN Radio.
1: The Aaron Rodgers deal done. Over the next three years, he's scheduled to earn $150 million. He has all the leverage. He is controlling everything.
0: He is the de facto GM of this team. It's a lot of salary cap gymnastics. He gets $150 million in guarantee money. The Packers are pushing off their cap problems, and they save $16 million
1: against the cap this year. He wins in every way you can win. They really do have to do business the way he wants them to do business. ESPN Radio. Yeah, there's one way where he hasn't definitively won yet. And oh, that's on the field. It's Chris Carlin. <laughs> it's Chris Canty on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus Series 6M, Channel 80. Tweet at us uh, at Chris Canty99, at Chris Carlin. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Aaron Rodgers, a couple of weeks ago, when it was announced that he would be coming back to the Packers, uh, said that. You should not believe what you're hearing about the contract that it was four years and 200 million and 150 guaranteed. No, 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 no. Well, it's 150 guaranteed for the next three years. So I guess the fake money on the back end is just what he was trying to sell us wasn't real. Bottom line is Aaron Rodgers, who denied the report of wanting to be the highest paid player in the sport by a lot, and then that actually turned out to be true. While he has controlled this situation, Chris, from the very beginning, what he has done is put so much more pressure on himself, whether he wants to admit it or not. And I'm sure in his new Zen ways, he will try to sell us on the notion that, well, it's just football. There's, I, I don't have that much more pressure. That's all you guys. No, 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 no. You got all the money. You wanted Devontae Adams back. Now they got to pay him. And that seems to be at an impasse. You have already seen a couple of your teammates have to get cut because of the money that you brought in. And there's no way for the Packers to legitimately get better than they were this past year. It's time for Aaron Rodgers at this price tag to carry the Green Bay Packers to a championship.
0: Yeah, and let's start off with how he got all of this money. He leveraged his ability to be one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the National Football League over the course of the last couple of years. Since they drafted Jordan Love, this dude has been on a mission, and it's been to prove to the organization that they made a misstep in terms of the lack of communication and trying to plan prematurely to have a succession plan in place. Now, that being said, you're absolutely right. There is a tremendous amount of pressure on Aaron Rodgers. When I look at the structure of this deal, Carlin – in 2022, this guy's getting $42 million in cash. In 2023, $59.5 million in cash. In 2024, <laughs> $49.3 million dollars in cash. So there's your $150 million in guaranteed money. If they were to try to cut him in the 2024 season, the dead cap number for the the Green Bay Packers would be $115 $115 million. <laughs> A $115 million dead cap number. He owns the Green Bay Packers for the next three years. It's not a dead cap number at that point. It's just a dead cap. Yeah, your your cap is over with. He, own, <laughs> he owns your franchise. You have basically ceded control of the Green Bay Packers. It's gone from Brian Gutekunst and whoever the hell the team president is to Aaron Rodgers. This is the way that he wanted it. But I think this was his plan all along because Carlin I do believe that all of this started with Aaron Rodgers looking at his football mortality and wanting to have some say, wanting to have some sway on where he ended his career and when he ended his career. And now he has been given that guarantee from the Green Bay Packers in the form of this contract. That's what happened in this situation. Now, it could be to his detriment or to the detriment of his legacy, because I have a hard time oh, it will seeing be. I have a hard time seeing Green Bay being able to field a team that could be as competitive from a talent standpoint as they had in the 2021 season. Yeah, that, that's the problem here for me, okay? We always
1: hear guys talk about it's not about the money, it's about winning and all that stuff. And, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, stop. Just stop. Because Well, all, for Tom Brady, that's true. Yes, he's yeah. the only one who's really lived it. And yeah. it helps when you have a wife who is worth more than you are, and you have already made a half a million or half of a billion dollars in your career. Having said that, Rogers here, he can't complain about not having guys around him. How can you? Chris, how are they getting better? They're not. They're not getting better this coming year. They're not getting better next year because of what the strain is going to be on that cap. And so all you have done now is ensure that your team has to hit on all of your draft picks to help you out. because. Right now, how else are they getting anybody in there to really help them out? Are they going to be able to bring anybody in who can help them right now?
0: I don't know how they're going to do that. I mean, you've got a couple of unrestricted free agent wide receivers. You've got an unrestricted free agent at tight end. So, from that perspective, your offense is going to have to retool. You're going to have to get some draft capital invested in that area. Your offensive line is getting a little bit older, whether you want to admit it or not. David Bottiari is not a young man, and you know Elton Jenkins had – the ACL injury late in the season last year. I've got some concerns about that Green Bay Packers offense, and it's only going to get worse once we sign Devontae Adams to a long-term extension because he's already expressed that he's not playing 2022 on the franchise tag. So they're going to have to find some money to be able to rectify that situation. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you were able to get a deal worked out with Preston Smith. You had to cut Zadarius Smith. You, You got Kenny Clark under contract, a reworked deal. You're going to have to deal with Rashawn Gary at some point because he's a first-round draft pick and it's getting around that time for him to get paid. But the other guy that's going to have to get big money on that defense, Jair Alexander, and he's one of the best cornerbacks in all of football. You think he's going to come cheap after what you just saw J.C. Jackson get? Five years, $82.5 million from the Chargers? So all I'm saying is it's going to be hard to keep the core of this team intact and for Aaron Rodgers to do a lot of high-level winning. I'm not quite sure from a talent-based standpoint that they're going to be any better off in the future than they have been the past three seasons under Matt LaFleur. So go elevate this team, if you're
1: Rodgers. Go elevate this team. Go make some wide receivers some money for themselves down the road by making them
0: better than they actually are. It it would be be great to see, and, and... Look, I... Well, that's what he's going to have to do. There yeah. is no other path to them being able to be successful. Now, the one thing I will say is Jordan Love absolutely should be in play right now for the Packers. Oh, no flip, question. Flip Jordan Love for whatever you can get for him. If it's a mid-round pick, a third or a fourth, whatever you can get for him, try to turn that into an asset that can be a player that can help Tom Brady over the life of this deal. Because let's face it, I know he's under contract for the next five seasons, but this is a three-year deal. So let, let's try to do what we can do over the next three years to put this team over the hump. And you're going to need as many draft picks as you can because that's how you get good players at controllable salaries. And that's what they're going to need when you look at their salary cap situation over the course of the next couple of years.
1: They've talked about, you know, you hear, well, they they cleared $15, 16000000 that That's great. That's about what you need for your
0: draft class, isn't it? Yeah. You know, in I mean, that it's, ballpark. It's going to be a lot of money. Yeah. It's not cheap. So
1: the draft that they have to have has got to be one of the all-timers, the next two, two of the all-timers, to be able to get guys in who are going to make a difference right away. And, boy, you're right. Jordan Love, if he can bring you a second or a third or whatever it is right now, go make it happen, Captain. You need a little bit of help. And, as you said, you need all of the assets that you can get. He has really put them, as much as he won – In getting everything that he wanted, he ain't going to get another Lombardi trophy. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. They're not winning with him. They're not winning a championship with him. And he's part of the issue. It's not just the money either. He's part of the issue. I was really down on him for how he played in the San Francisco game. Yeah. You know, it was average at best. And they have got to figure out ways here to move forward. It's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Of course, on your smart speaker as well by saying play ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the Canty call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So now, with Brady back, the bigger question becomes this, and we want you to answer on the Canty call-in line. Who's got the better shot of making it back to the Super Bowl this year? Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, and why? Lines are open for you right now at 888-SAY-ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Up next, though, there is one head coach who we're not talking about as far as being on the hot seat, and for many different reasons, not just wins and losses, this guy is on a scorching seat. It's next. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty on ESPN Radio.
2: ESPN Radio.
1: Whether you realize it or not, not just about wins and losses for Frank Reich in Indianapolis, Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and of course on ESPN Plus as well. Join the canv- conversation. I almost joined the. I almost said join the Cantyversation.
0: The Canty Cantyversation. Okay. <laughs> yes, I like it.
1: The conversation on the Canty Call-in line at eight 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 say ESPN. Sharp as a marble. The conversation. I don't know. It sounds like a conference. Here's the thing. You're going to get, you know, in the next two days we're working together, and you're going to see, if you haven't figured it out, me, not that bright. <laughs> it really can get away and
0: be on a runaway train in a hurry. Well, we got so much alliteration on the show, though. We got Chris Carlin. We got Chris Candy, We got the Candy call in line. We got conversation. It's a whole lot going on, a whole lot of season, all of this. But I've never said Carlin Versation. The call Versace. never said that. Oh, okay. Uh, again. You're making up a new word. Just a moron. Yeah. Uh, can't you call a Hey, line? listen. I made up a word once upon a time doing play-by-play. Play. I called somebody a savin' veteran. <laughs> <laughs> I've done some so, things. <laughs> a savin' veteran. I don't know. It's not a word, but it sounds like one. Savin'. <laughs> A savage.
1: We create that word. He's savvy, you know. He's in the know. Savvy veteran. He, he's it's, it's a savvy veteran. It's a seven. Seven. Yeah. He's like a savage, but he's savvy. <laughs> a savvy veteran. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Who's got the better shot of making it to the Super Bowl this season, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? And it might have actually during the break literally tipped more in Brady's favor because they just made the bay, being the Buccaneers just made a trade with the New England Patriots, getting guard Shaq Mason, who has two years and eight million dollars eight million dollars per left on his deal, to get him from the Patriots. And haven't seen yet what the compensation for the trade is, but that is a great move for the Bucks who have lost uh, Joe Kappa to the Bengals in free agency and lost Ali Marpet to retirement uh probably a little bit unexpected a few weeks back so that's going to help Brady in the middle and you and I were talking before the show if Brady ever has an issue with with pressure,
0: we know where it is, and that's when it comes
1: up the middle right in his
0: face. No doubt about it, but we saw the Buccaneers re-signed Aaron Stenney, one of their guards that they hold in high regard. He stepped in for Ali Marpet last year when he was a little bit nicked up, and now bringing over Shaq Mason, somebody that Tom Brady is familiar with. You fortify that guard center guard trio which is important in terms of protecting the integrity of the pocket. So Brady will be able to step up and deliver the football down the field, which is critical. Stepping up away from those edge rushers, you got to have a firm pocket in front of you. That guard-center-guard trio is really the engine for that. So they've solidified that. And again, Carlin, I'll, I'll say this, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I'm more concerned with the offensive line for the Green Bay Packers than I am for the offensive line of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's and fair. I know that's not a popular opinion, but when you actually look fair. at it on its face, that's the group that you have to be concerned with. you got major injuries to the best two players on that Green Bay Packers offensive line, that being David Bakhtiari coming off of a major injury that kept him out most of last year, and then Elton Jenkins coming back from the ACL injury. Boy, the Bucks stole him. Fifth-round pick. Oh, that's a steal. Fifth round pick. That's a
1: steal. That is a heist. That's a steal. Did they bring a mask and a gun to that deal? I mean, for Pete's sake. Put it in the bag. Wow. Maybe
0: Brady's trying to help Bill Bell check
1: out. Chris Carlin. Chris Canty. I doubt that's the case. ESPN Radio presented by (laughs) Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Think about how bad things must have been for the Indianapolis Colts with Carson Wentz to be in the situation they are right now with their quarterback spot. They don't have one, and there's not an easy solution to that. They even kicked the tires or knocked on the door with the Texans about Deshaun Watson, and they were never going to let that happen in the division, nor should they. But think about this from Frank Reich's standpoint. It did not work out with Carson Wentz. You traded a first-round pick plus to get him, and then – you now turn around and trade him for a whole lot less away after just one year. And Frank Reich's the guy there that made that trade. That yeah. Chris Chris Ballard, I'm sure, went along with it, but Wentz had his best success under Reich before he got hurt in twenty seventeen. And there's no doubt that at some point last year Reich said, Hey, let's go get Carson Wentz. I can fix this guy, and he will be a big time winner. And that didn't work. And now the Colts, where are you going? You are going to have to trade away an awful lot in terms of future draft picks because you don't have your first this year. Yep. And now Wentz is in
0: Washington. Frank Reich, he really put a lot on, on the line for Carson Wentz there. No, he did. And he thought that he would be able to salvage him because Carson Wentz had his best season as a pro, when Frank was the OC for the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017. So Frank Reich and, you know, all of these coaches are not immune to egos taking over their better sensibilities, decided that I can get something out of them that Doug Peterson couldn't. I can get something out of them that Nick Ceriani can't. Let me go ahead and make this move for Carson Wentz. I'll give them a first-round pick plus because I'm getting a quarterback that I think can play better than the quarterback I just had in Phillip Rivers that took our team to the wild-card round, and we came a goal-to-go sequence away from beating the Buffalo Bills who went to the AFC Championship game. This is a really complete team, top to bottom. They're a top-ten offense and top-ten defense two years in a row. So, you know, Carson Wentz being on this team, I can understand why the brass from the Indianapolis Colts thought that this could be the guy to take them to the next level. It's just unfortunate that in the biggest moments where they needed him to be the difference in the game, he was the difference for the other team. So now who's the guy, though? Well, you don't, do you, well know? you don't have the guy. It's like yeah. playing a game show. It's like, would you rather have this door prize or you want to take the mystery box? And the Colts decided, you know what? We're set on the door prize. We'll take whatever the hell is in the mystery box and we'll figure that out the remainder of the offseason. But there are a lot of moving parts on the quarterback carousel and I'm not going to dismiss the possibility of the Indianapolis Colts packaging a bevy of picks, future picks included, in order to move up in the draft in order to get a guy or to move around and try to get one of these veteran quarterbacks that might be on the block that we're not anticipating getting traded.
1: A little dicey in this draft for quarterbacks to to trade a, a ton of
0: future yeah, draft capital? Yeah, I hear, I hear all of that, Carlin. Call, but here's the thing. I mean, they called the 2017 quarterback draft a little bit dicey. You know the one where Mitch Trubisky was the second overall pick? Mm-hmm. That was the same draft that Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson got drafted in. How'd that work out? Yeah, like I'm I, I'm just saying. So, I mean, we, we got to pump the brakes when we say bad quarterback draft. There are some guys that have the raw tools that it takes in order to be a successful quarterback, but it's a matter of them getting to the right situation. But with the Colts in particular, if the Colts do go that direction, then all the pressure is going to be on Frank Reich to make that work because this would be his second big swing at trying to solve the quarterback position. You know, the spot that their GM Chris Ballard said – few weeks ago that he's tired of putting a band-aid on and he wants to find the solution for the next eight to ten years. Mm. Well hell, if it ain't the former quarterback, the offensive coordinator and now head coach that's running your team, if he can't be the guy to find that next quarterback, then you might have to find a new head coach. Eight
1: eighty eight say ESPN, eight eighty eight seven two nine, three seven, seven, six, better shot of making it to the Super Bowl this season, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers and why. We are going to get to the calls shortly. Up next, though, where does the NBA MVP race stand right now after Jokic and Embiid went head-to-head last night? Is Jokic closing the gap? We're going to ask one of our NBA experts in just moments. But first, Chris Canty has this
0: from from Vivid Seats. With the safe return of live events, you can actually be there to catch all the action in person with Vivid Seats. I don't know. Maybe Kyrie Irving used Vivid Seats in the Barclays the other night. That's right. Every alley-oop slam, every one-timer, every sideline grab can be experienced live. And with Vivid Seats rewards, you can earn rewards like free tickets. All you have to do is collect stamps, redeem, and repeat. It's that easy. From the upper level to courtside, Vivid Seats has you covered for all the events that matter to you. So grab your tickets today and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. You're listening to ESPN Radio. More after this.
1: ESPN Radio. How close is this NBA MVP race getting? We tackle that in just 30 seconds. Brackets are open. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to get started on yours. And remember, you can fill out up to 25 men's and women's brackets for a chance to win a $100,000 prize for both men's and women's games. For more details, see the Tournament Challenge app. Join our show challenge, the Canty Bracket. And make sure you do it now. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty on ESPN Radio, and on ESPN Plus, we were asking the question about the NBA MVP race, so we now bring in an expert on the topic. It is two-time NBA All-Star and, of course, a national champion at Duke, Carlos Boozer, who joins us right now. You can follow him on Twitter, at Mr. C. Booze. Carlos, we appreciate a few minutes. It's Chris and Chris, and... Uh, I guess the first question is just that. When we watch Jokic and Embiid go head-to-head last night, with the assumption that Embiid was ahead, do you feel like Jokic might at all be closing the gap here on the MVP race?
2: Guys, thanks for having me on. Listen, I honestly think Jokic is one of the most underappreciated MVPs that we've ever had. I mean, I know he plays in Denver. Not, not the not the hottest market, but he's hot every single night. He drops dimes, he scores, clutch baskets, he gets rebounds, he blocks shots, he does whatever it takes for his team to win. And oh by the way, they're still missing Jamal Murray, who's his other you know sidekick, all star type of guard. So I've been very impressed with Jokic his entire career. Very impressed with how he's able to do what he does and really not be that supremely athletic at that as well. I think this season Joel Embiid is 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 earning the MVP, but Joel Embiid, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Jokic has been right there all season.
0: So we're talking about two of the best big men in the game. I want to ask you about a big man that we never seem to see on the court. Now, Booze, I'm a Lakers fan, so I can't be objective about this situation. But the Lakers seem to think that <laughs> once AD comes back, that this team can be a real threat in the West. Do you see it that way?
2: I don't. I I think this season, and it's not against A.D. I think A.D. is a terrific player. Again, he's a top five type of talent. I don't think he's had a top five kind of season. Um, But the the way he played in the bubble a couple years ago, I mean, people were arguing whether it should be him, the MVP, in that finals, or LeBron. That's how great he was. And we all know how great LeBron is. Obviously, you know, he won another one. But I just this team, they don't have the intangibles, right? They don't have, like, the diving on the loose ball. They don't. You just saw last night against Toronto. He was, you know, Brown was, pissing. He had to do everything for this team to win. Nobody would grab a rebound. You see him slamming the ball to the floor, you know, multiple times, trying to motivate his guys to just get a rebound. This team is missing those, you know, role players that love doing the dirty work. You know, the Caruso, the Kuzma, the Caldwell-Pope, the the guys that don't mind diving on the floor and getting in the scrum and protecting their stars they don't have those guys this year you know and unfortunately i just don't think they have a team that can really compete for a title even as great as lebron's playing it's just just a different era for them right now
0: and booze you're talking about those guys that are willing to make those game winning plays diving for loose balls the dirty work is this team's age a factor in terms of limiting the amount of plays that they get in that style in order to help this team win
2: that's a great question i mean think about it i mean you put this team together five years ago, we're talking about one of the best teams of all time, right? A Westbrook in his prime, Melo in his prime, AD in his prime, Bron in his prime, and we're talking about, you know, maybe the best team ever. But they're all older except for AD. AD is still in his prime. He's just, you know, really injured a lot. He usually plays more games than he's played this season, but not that much more. He gets hurt a lot in his career. If you look back on his on his resume, Um even though LeBron's really doing the Tom Brady and defying his age and still playing at an MVP level, the other guys are playing as they should be playing. You know, Russell's older. You know, Melo's older. He's coming, you know, off the bench or starting or whatever they need him to do and knocking down shots. He's been consistent in his role. He's not the Melo that we're used to in New York or the Melo we saw in Denver. He's an older player, which is normal. We all get older. What does Barkley always say? Part of time is undefeated. Mm-hmm. LeBron Brady there's a couple guys who are who are defining redefining what that looks like but the majority of athletes as we get older we get up there and, and, and age and and sports especially you know they're they're in that grand grandfather stage right now of your NBA career so um I do feel like you know they're they're missing those guys that are selfless that have no problem and, and there's guys having a great there's other guys like Monk who's having a terrific season I'm not knocking all their players. I'm just saying they don't have, like, the Dennis Rodman, which you 19 rebounds, doesn't care if he scores, the Ben Wallace, the, you know, the guys that don't mind doing the dirty work.
1: Carlos Boozer, two-time NBA All-Star, joining Chris Carlin, Chris Canty on ESPN Radio. All right, let's shift over to the NCAA tournament. And I guess, you know, because you're on, we have to ask you about Duke, right? Um, of course. Gonzaga's the top seed. Can Duke make a run, Carlos? In case you can't tell in my tone, I may not be the biggest Duke fan.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I don't mind that. So so bottom line is, like, Duke this year has been very good at times, and they've been uh, questionable at times. And that question hasn't really come offensively. It's come defensively, right? You think about the, the last two losses that they've had on the season. I think they got five losses all year, 28 wins or whatever it might be. The Carolina game... Maybe a 28-6. The Carolina game at home, Coach K's last game, they're winning that entire game. The whole game they're winning. Down the stretch of that game, they had a hard time uh, defending the double-high pick-and-roll where Armando Baycott went to the basket for dunks and Manick would pop from the three. They had a hard time defending that. Carolina ran that the whole stretch of the second half, and they came back in the game and obviously ended up going off and running away with it. And that V-Tech game, same thing. When's the last Title, title game for a conference that you saw both teams shoot over 50%. The only difference was Virginia Tech was making threes and Duke was making twos, but both teams shot over 50% that game, which is bizarre. Duke's defense has to step up. And what I like about Duke is that they had these bad, or no, I'm not going to say bad, they had these losses while there's still games to be played, right? So what happens when you have a loss and you have games to be played? That means you get to watch film, you get to go practice. You get to learn if they have these losses, you know, this week, next week, moving forward, you know, you lose and you're out. So in my personal opinion, they're, they're, they're primed perfectly to enter the tournament coming off two. where they went in the last four games, they went two and two and they're going into into the tournament with the learning experience, the pressure. No other team this year has been under the microscope like Duke's team this season because it's coach K's last year. And so because they've had those pressure games and they lost a couple of them, while there's still games to be played, if they play good
0: defense, they can make a deep run. See, booze. a couple of orders of business before we let you get out of here. We know you're partnered with Saks Underwear to promote the Vasectomy Registry, but before you tell us about that, tell us who you have in your Final Four.
2: In my Final Four, I think off the top of my head, I got Duke, Kentucky on one side of it, and I believe I have... I want to say it's Arizona. Is Arizona and Tennessee on the same side? Yeah. So I think I think I had Kansas
0: playing uh, Tennessee. Okay. Got it. Got it. All right. And what about your partnership with Saks Underwear? What's going on with that?
2: Yeah, man. Partnering up with, with Saks Underwear uh, this time of the year, which I didn't know until I made this partnership, this is the time of the year where most guys get vasectomies. And Saks came up with the Me Registry, where guys can go to Saks.com backslash registry and get you a nice package of great underwear that have a ballpark pouch technology to comfort your balls while they're recovering from getting snipped. Sit down, watch the March Madness, root for them Duke Blue Levels or whoever your favorite team is, and uh, recovering style.
1: I think you just described hell. Right? I'm about to say, right? (laughs) What do you you want me to do? (laughs) Wait a minute. I gotta sit and rest with all of that going on that I don't even want to repeat. And I gotta root for Duke. I mean, that's hell. Carlos, awesome stuff. We appreciate it, man. Thanks. Enjoy the tournament. My pleasure. Thanks guys. Carlos Boozer, two-time NBA champ, Duke national champ. I'll follow him on Twitter, at Mr. C Booze. It's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty on ESPN Radio. Coming up next, you thought Kyrie Irving not playing in Brooklyn was a major problem? Well, it's getting worse in New York, and we'll tell you all about what we mean in just moments. Carlin Canty on ESPN Radio. Major League Baseball's back, and we're going to play 162 games. There are nearly 300 players available in free agency and trades, meaning there could be an average of 10 players a day finding new homes before opening day.
0: ESPN Radio.
1: Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Series XM Channel 80, and of course on ESPN Plus. So apparently last week in Las Vegas, two large wagers were placed on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl and win the NFC. At the time, their odds were thirty to one to win the NFC. And 60-1 to to win the Super Bowl. And apparently there were two very large wagers. We don't know the exact numbers, but Mm -hmm. enough to raise an eyebrow or two. Fast forward to this week. Tom Brady unretires. All of a sudden, Westgate Sportsbook is calling for an investigation because they believe whoever it was, and they're not saying who, who placed these two wagers knew the inside information that Tom Brady was going to unretire. And as you would imagine, those numbers have dropped considerably since Brady's announcement. I don't blame him one bit. <laughs> right? There I'm telling is, you. There is. Listen, all I can tell you is one time, and this is about 15, 18 years ago, I was in the stadium in the morning as they were practicing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. And I had a stopwatch out. <laughs> and I was like, all right, can I get this to my buddies? But at the time, it wasn't like texting was a big thing or any of that. And it was like, all right, how do I get this information to my buddies so they can bet on it? No. No. Somebody's got the inside scoop here. I wonder if that was ta- Tom Sr. No, he,
0: Wow. <laughs> You're going to to throw Tom Sr. under the bus. Here you go with the media doing <laughs> stuff to him and his family. But I'll say this, though. I'm wondering if it's the same guy that placed the bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl before Tom Brady decided to make his decision in free agency, yeah. to sign with Tampa because that's I mean a that guy, question. that guy might be juiced in with the Brady camp in a way <laughs> that's very profitable. But with this Does situation- name
1: rhyme with schmalek Schmerrero,
0: <laughs> <laughs> couldn't put it past him. Maybe that's the true TB twelve method. But the one thing that I'll say is, I mean, you're, you're talking about trying to investigate something that's going to be nearly impossible to prove, though, right? I mean, if you're the Westgate Superbook, if you're the vice president, I think his name is Jay Cornegay or whatever his name is, like to prove that the better had inside information that Tom Brady was going to unretire. I mean, that's a heavy lift. And for the NFL to get involved with it, I don't think that that's their cup of tea in terms of dispatching NFL security to find out if this better had inside information. Wouldn't it be awesome if it was Giselle? Carrying a garbage (laughs) bag full of cash into the casino. Maybe somebody related
1: to Calvin Ridley. Possibly. (laughs) Kyrie Irving isn't the only unvaccinated player who may not be able to play in New York. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Earlier today, City Hall in New York announced through a spokesman that unvaccinated players for the Yankees and the Mets would be subject to the same law and the same restrictions in the private sector law that there is right now that is keeping Kyrie Irving from playing, and would keep them from playing. And all of a sudden, the Mets and Yankees are all up in arms about whether or not their guys who are unvaccinated, whoever they are, are going to be able to play. Aaron Judge spoke earlier today and this is before all of that came out, and was asked if he's vaccinated.
0: You know, I'm, I'm still focused on, you know, just getting through the
2: first game of spring training. So, I think we'll we'll cross that bridge whenever, um, you know, <laughs> the time comes. But right now, so many things could change.
1: So, I'm not really too worried about that right now. Translation, I'm not vaccinated.
0: Yeah, that would be a no, no, Bob. I'm not (laughs) vaccinated, just to answer your question. I mean, if we're reading in between the lines, that's exactly what he said. But what I don't understand is why the players don't recognize the consequences of their decisions. That's the part that I don't get. I understand the frustration because the law doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me either in terms of protecting the interest of the public health. But this is a law that was put in place by the previous administration in New York City. This is not something that Mayor Eric Adams put in place, but this is something that he's abided by. And we know how fragile this reopening of the city has been in terms of wanting it to be tiered and making sure we don't get to a place with the infection rate where we have to begin shutting things down because nobody wants to go back to that. So the players have to understand that there are politics involved, and this is bigger than sports. And this is one of those few situations where professional sports can't impose their will on the local municipalities in order to get them to do what they want to do. You're talking about city employees, Carlin, that have had to lose their jo- their jobs because they did not adhere to the vaccine mandates. Because they chose not to get vaccinated, they lost their jobs. Nobody's talking about that with these professional athletes that are unvaccinated. They're not worried about not having their job when this whole thing gets lifted. So I think when we start talking about the urgency and the level of awareness that the players need to approach this delicate issue with, I feel like sometimes these guys miss the mark with this one. And that's why these teams are trying to be careful and walk on eggshells when it comes to how they want to address this issue, how they want to frame their particular arguments. And on Sunday, I was legitimately angry at what Kevin Durant
1: said. And it's not... Because of the law. It's all dumb right now. None of it makes sense, okay? Nobody's saying whether you should or you shouldn't or any of that. All up to you, we get it. However, in this instance, he chose not to get vaccinated. There are consequences for that. So when Kevin Durant comes out on Sunday and says, the mayor better get this fixed, and put it (laughs) like that, like, we're going to get this straight, he better. Or or what? Right? Or, that's how, or what? Happen? Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I get it that Durant's frustrated by it, but don't be frustrated with the mayor. Be frustrated with Kyrie. And beyond that, don't threaten the mayor no. of New York City. No. That's exactly that's what the- <laughs> he did. And by the way, I, I thought the whole thing was one big show that the Nets were putting on. I think they were trying to make a point. No. I wouldn't be shocked if ownership and, you know, the organization was well aware of everything that was going to happen from Kyrie sitting courtside or whatever to all of that stuff to trying to have Durant speaking after the game to make a point, to make a point about how dumb it is and to make a point that they're they're trying to get this fixed and having very little sensitivity to what you just pointed out. So many people have lost their jobs already. How does it look if you change it all of a sudden just so the Nets can go win a championship. If I'm Durant, get on Kyrie, dude. He's the one who made this decision. And not only that, look in the mirror, because you're the one who followed Kyrie
0: here. Okay, so I got a solution for these guys. If you want to exert public pressure on Mayor Eric Adams to remove this private sector law, let's do this. Let's all remove this law and then you guys donate your salary for the upcoming season to the people that lost their jobs in the pandemic because they lost their jobs for not getting vaccinated. Let's do that. If you want to sway public sentiment, you want to get the court of public opinion on your side, that's a hell of a way to do it. Kyrie Irving, you want to be a voice for the voiceless? This is your opportunity to do it. Put your money literally where your mouth is. If this is something that you believe in, then go down this road. Then, then people will say, okay, now this guy has some conviction about what he's talking about. It's not just about him. But right now it comes off a little bratty that they're taking this stance when it comes to this particular law. Now, we're not talking about a lot of players being affected in the New York City area because the Mets and the Yankees both got to that 85% threshold with team vaccinations that allowed them to have the relaxed protocols. But you are talking about a select few of individuals. Talking about Aaron Judge, that's the problem. Yeah, you're definitely talking about Aaron Judge, and we're talking about Kyrie Irving. And so with those guys, they have to understand the consequences of their actions, and if this is something that they believe in, then your team is going to deal with the reality of not having you available. Up next, is Deshaun Watson
1: a top-five quarterback? Chris Carlin, Chris Canty,
0: ESPN Radio.